Welcome, foolish mortals, to Disney On Demand's annual not-so-scary month-long celebration. Get your costumes on, bags in hand, and trick-or-treat. It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, welcome back and happy Halloween season as we continue with our month-long not-so-scary Halloween celebration. Yes, the third annual Bunch of Fun, where we have all kinds of frightful spooks, all kinds of fun and Halloween happenings here at Disney On Demand. And this week for show number 88 for the week of October 23rd, 2014, we are getting spooky. We're getting evil with all kinds of villains as we have none other than voice actor veteran Corey Burton stopping in here at the show. Yes, Corey Burton is a voice actor icon, somebody who you may know as the current voice of the one and only Captain Hook. You know him as the Magic Mirror from the Disney sing-along songs Happy Haunting Sing-Along DVD. You also know him as the ghost host from the Haunted Mansion Holiday at Disneyland, as well as the narrator of Happy Hallowishes at the Walt Disney World Resort during the not-so-scary Halloween party. Many other things, including Star Wars as Cad Bane. He was Moliere in Atlantis, The Lost Empire, as well as many other things. I mean, the list could go on and on, from Ludwig von Drake to Transformers and more. And we have the pleasure of having none other than Corey Burton stopping in here and celebrating our spooky Halloween celebration with all of you D-heads. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-team. And this week, the D-team is chock full with all kinds of fun as you have questions and Aaron has answers. And he's going to answer all your spooky questions about Disney Halloween with this week's I Want to Know. We also have Paige back with a magical music review as she's going to go a little bit deeper into Disney's spooky Halloween songs. We also have Nathan back with This Week in Disney History where he takes a look back what happened in the Disney company this week. And let's not forget the latest rundown from the Walt Disney World Resort with Caitlin with WDW in 2. There's all kinds of fun news hot off the D-Wire and all kinds of goodies. So there's all kinds of fun on the horizon. But before we officially kick off show number 88, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can get up to 60% off your next Walt Disney World trip just by purchasing points from Vacation Club members that aren't using them. You can stay at great resorts like the Grand Floridian, the Polynesian, and many other fantastic Vacation Club resorts and save up to 60% off your next Walt Disney World vacation and you can use those funds to bring home some great, fantastic souvenirs. Remember, to check them out at dvc-rental.com. So all of you D-heads, with that said, we're getting ready to get spooky. We have the D-team, Halloween is in the horizon, it's in our sights, and we have none other than the villainous Captain Hook, Corey Burton, stopping in here this week. So all of you D-heads, let's officially kick off show number 88 for the week of October 23rd, 2014, by getting a little spooky. Be right back, all of you D-heads. <laughs> to the haunted mansion you're invited for a Halloween party. 
I'm so excited. Mickey and Minnie are waiting at the gate. They need your help to decorate. So come on, come on, come on, join in. The Halloween party is about to begin. Come on, come on, join in. The Halloween party's about to begin. The haunted mansion's a haunted house. Halloween's fun with Mickey Mouse. Listen up, you goblins and ghouls. Dress up and have fun, and those are the rules. You can trick or treat with a skeleton. Make no bones about it, it's fun. <laughs> and girls, I am your read-along story reader, and today we are going to read a story about the Haunted Mansion. Do you know what a mansion is? It is a fine house that was once owned by wealthy people. In our story, for some reason, the people left home, and the house is empty. Unless, of course, some friendly ghosts happen to be there. How many ghosts do you see on the cover of our book? Did you count five? Good. Now, let's look inside our book before we read the story so that we can get acquainted with some of the other strange characters we will meet. Tinkerbell is not afraid of ghosts, and she will take us safely through the haunted mansion. She will ring her little bells like this whenever it is time to turn the page. Are you ready? Then, when Tinkerbell rings her bells, open the book to page one.
Don't wait for the first swinging leg. Happy ones, material lies. Begin to vocalize. Grim, grim, and ghosts come out to socialize. Spooks awake for the midnight spree. Creepy freaks with eerie eyes. Start to shriek and harmonize. Grim grin and ghosts come out to, to, to socialize. Close your eyes and don't try to hide. For a silly spook meets him by your side. Grab your death certificate. Watch out for hitchhiking ghosts. Stand clear of elevator shafts. And look over your shoulder for those Disney villains. Because this is the annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration on Disney On Demand. So I'm back once again, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 88 for the week of October 23rd, 2014. And this week, as we continue on with our third annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration, we have all kinds of fun as we're celebrating all month long with all kinds of spooks, frights, carving pumpkins, and all kinds of goodies to celebrate Halloween here at the show. And this week, as I mentioned, we are gearing up for the one and only, the villainous, Captain Hook, the narrator for the Happy Hallowishes Fireworks Show. You know him as Ludwig von Drake, as well as Cad Bane. From Star Wars The Clone Wars, and also the narrator of the Haunted Mansion Holiday, your ghost host, with Jack Skellington and all the creatures from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, we have none other than Mr. Corey Burton stopping in here at the show. We have a full show full of the D-Team, as Aaron Page, Nathan, and Caitlin are back once again in all kinds of fun. So let's officially start off this show by letting you know all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N. 
D-I-Z. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. And remember, you can always subscribe to our show on Stitcher Radio and iTunes by subscribing right there and get the latest show to your mobile device, your iPad, your Android, your tablet, and more. And listen to the latest shows as they become available right there by subscribing on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. So definitely stay connected here at the show all the different ways to interact, so let's just jump right into news hot off the D-Wire. Now last week, all of you D-Heads, I did mention that things have been going on personally within my family and the situation still remains. Things are still tight, changing up. I did mention that uh, there has been a change in the job front and I had lost my job and just really been working hard at maintaining the family. So I'm going to keep news relatively short here this week, but we have a lot of things on hand. But let's just talk about the biggest news right off the bat, the one that everybody is talking about. And how about the sorcerer's hat coming down? at Hollywood Studios. Now, I'm going to pause a second, let you soak that in, because you've probably seen it everywhere, all over the social media and a million other Disney sites. All right, so you soaked it in enough. Now, the Saucer's Hat. Now, this is all over the board. Some of the D-team is against it. Other ones are going to just really miss it. I, myself, am glad to see the eyesore gone. To me, the Saucer's Hat has nothing to do with Hollywood Studios. You know, back in the day, the one thing that made Hollywood Studios awesome is because it had that vintage style. It had that timeless Hollywood icon, the Hollywood that never was. It had the, you know, the Chinese theater as your main icon. And I'm sorry if children just don't know what that is nowadays, but you know, that's the whole thing. You go to Hollywood Studios, you learn about it, you make it great. And the one thing that Disney could do is revamp the great movie ride. I mean, seriously, why change it? I mean, just go in there, add some new movies, some new animatronics, really revamp it and make it awesome. I mean, seriously, it is a look into Hollywood. It's not a thrill ride park. It is a way to bring Hollywood to life. Let's go back to the MGM Studios day. How many of you are with me here? You got the behind the scenes. You remember seeing the making of the Bette Midler short that was there, riding the bee from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I mean, it was fantastic. It was a magical time. It was all about making movies. Now you go there and you meet characters where the animators used to be. I mean, it saddens me that that's what it's become. And everybody goes there for thrill rides or action rides. And what about the movie making process? What about some great shows, some great entertainment? I mean, I can't even get into that. Now, 2001, when all that stuff came about... And we had the Sorcerer's Hat. We had, uh, you know, the uh, big uh, Mickey wand over the Epcot ball, Spaceship Earth. And they were just horrible, horrible icons. They were something that I despised back then. I mean, they were eyesores. They were cartoony and kitschy, much like, and I hope I'm not offending any of you D-heads out there, like the Value Resorts. They are eyesores. They are horrible. They are the the cheapest Motel 6-ish looking things on the planet. And that's the problem I have. It doesn't define Disney as Disney. It doesn't make it uh, timeless. What it does is it creates an eyesore. I mean, yes, Mickey Saucer's hat was great. You know, okay, great, it's Mickey Saucer's hat. But it was a pin shop. It served no purpose. It was something that was just, it's just there for the sake of being there. And I am glad to see it come down. And I'd love to hear your comments on this, all of you D-heads. Definitely call in on the Magical Memories hotline. Call in and let us know exactly what you're thinking as well. Because I really want to get your insights on this and, you know, how you feel. But I myself am glad to see it go. I'm glad to see it gone. I I, I just, I'm curious as to what's going to happen in the future for this. So sound off, all of you D-heads. We'll play them here on the show. 
all of your sound bites, just go to the Magical Memories hotline and drop us a line. Let us know what you're thinking as well. And uh, like I said, the D-Team, we are all over the board on this. But I myself, I don't consider myself a so-called Disney purist and not wanting to touch things because I believe everything needs to evolve. But I am not a fan of the Saucer Hat. Never have been, never will be, and I'll be glad to see that one go. Now, pushing right along in news hot off the D-Wire, like I said, we're going to keep it very simple here. How about just keeping it very Halloween-ish? And they've been having Halloween episodes all month long on the Disney Channel. And how about the newest series that's, uh, I guess it could kind of, uh, I don't know, it, it, you know, Evermore is a very spooky series. And it could be right up there with R.L. Stein series as well, you know, with The Haunting Hour and many of those. So those are kind of like it's competition and you know if you remember goosebumps on nickelodeon this is something that's going to add that creepy factor for all the older kids uh you know that are watching the disney channel let's also not forget gravity falls is back in action and they already had a halloween episode come on you can't go wrong with gravity falls it's x files for your children and it's something that is awesome so with that i'm gonna leave news just at that all of you d heads like i said i'm keeping it relatively short we have a lot of things on the horizon Tons from the D-Team, Mr. Corey Burton stopping in, and just tons and tons of things here this week on the show. So before I let you go, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can get up to 60% saved on your next Walt Disney World trip just by booking through DVC-Rental.com. That's where you purchase Vacation Club points, and you can save, like I said, up to 60% to stay at great resorts like the Grand Floridian, Animal Kingdom, Polynesian, and more just by purchasing points. So go and check them out at dvc-rental.com and save on your next Walt Disney World trip. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, you have spooky questions. He has the answers. Aaron's going to stop in with I Want to Know. We have the latest of what's going on at the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW and 2 with Caitlin. And let's not forget what's happening within Disney history this week as Nathan's going to stop in and give you the rundown as to what's going on this week within the Walt Disney Company's history, the legacy, the thing that we've all come to know and love. So, all VD heads, with that said, I'm going to take a break, and I will be back. Fear not. We have all kinds of fun for our third annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration, as it continues all month long. Be right back, all VD heads. Ooh, I love surprises and wearing disguises. A horribly hideous costume will do. Better be wary, be spooky and scary. I'll bounce from the shadows and boo. I wanna scare myself and everyone else. The thrilling and chilly old willies will rise. Cover your eyes, little buddy, beware. I'm twitching and itching to scare myself. Unspeakable, spookables, awful, unlookables, gallop, but ghosties and goblins galore. What if they find you or look out behind you? A terrible tiger type roar. That would be me. I want to scare myself and everyone else. The silly and chilly old willies will rise. Cover your eyes, little buddy, beware. I'm twitching and itching to scare myself. Now, tiggers, I figure, make scares even bigger. They dress up and scream, who am I, can you guess? And tricks always happen when ghosts are a-flapping, and tricks are what tiggers like best. I want to scare myself and everyone else. The silly and chilly old willies will rise. Cover your eyes, little buddy, beware. I'm twitching and itching to scare myself. <laughs> and who better? Oh, by the way, boo. Boo. <laughs> 
was the nightmare before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was peaceful, not even a mouse. The stockings, all hung by the chimney with care, when opened that morning, would cause such a scare. The children, nestled all snug in their beds, would have nightmares of monsters and skeleton heads. Happy holidays, everyone! You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads. This is Aaron, and I'm back with another installment of I Want to Know. Hope everyone's ready for Halloween. I know me and especially my son are very excited. Sure is beautiful this time of the year in the Ozark Mountains of Arkansas. The trees are turning beautiful colors, and I'm loving the cool temperatures. Hope you're enjoying fall wherever you might be. Well, I wanted to thank Jonathan on the assist on last show's question about Bing Crosby. He's a great wealth of knowledge on those old LPs. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Michelle Frankston of Texas, and she writes, Aaron of the D-Team? My question is about Phantom of the Megaplex. I really liked this movie when it came out on the Disney Channel. Can you tell me, is it on DVD anywhere or digital? Also, are any of the cast doing other things now? Thank you for the answers. Well, Phantom of the Megaplex is a 2000 Disney Channel original movie produced by the Disney Channel. With the title and concept very loosely based on the Phantom of the Opera, the film concerns strange happenings at a monstrous megaplex on the night of a major movie premiere called Midnight Mayhem. The central character is Pete Riley, the 17-year-old assistant manager of the theater. He has to cope with malfunctioning equipment, disappearing staff, and a broken popcorn machine, among other headaches. He investigates to see if the troubles are a coincidence or the result of sabotage by a mysterious phantom. Well, the main character, Pete Riley, is played by Taylor Hanley, who has done several movies, but was recently on a CBS show called Vegas, where he starred alongside Dennis Quaid. Caitlin Walks, who played Karen Riley, was in Airbud's 7th Inning Fetch, Airbud World Pup, and Inspector Gadget 2. Corinne Bower, who played Mrs. Riley, was also in the Disney Channel movie Under Wraps. Jacob Smith, who played Brian Riley, was in both Cheaper by the Dozen movies, playing Jake Baker. And of course, Mickey Rooney, who played Movie Mason, who is in so much stuff it's impossible to name at all. But unfortunately, this movie was never officially released on DVD. Well, our next question is from Franklin of Nashville, Tennessee, and he writes, Disney On Demand Podcast? Just love your show. Now this is one I argue with my spouse with a lot. Disney's Halloween treat. Here's the thing. I recall a version with a pumpkin hosting it. 
My wife says I am completely wrong and it was a magic mirror. Were there two versions? Well, this is a great special and it's one of my favorites. You are correct about the jack-o'-lantern pumpkin host, but your wife's not completely wrong either. Disney's Halloween Treat first aired October 30th, 1980 on The Wonderful World of Disney. Then in October of 1983, a Disney Halloween was released, which included portions from both Disney's Halloween Treat and Disney's Greatest Villains from 1977. It was hosted by an off-screen narrator and the Magic Mirror. So as you can see, you are both kind of correct, but to settle it, Franklin, you are more correct. Well, our final question is from Theo Drake and he writes, Aaron, I think your segment is great and I am always learning something. My question is about the parks. At the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World, before it was a Haunted Mansion store, I recall years ago a small stand outside of the mansion that sold many items. I'm not sure, but is that also where you used to sell the ghost dog where it was a leash only made of wire, but it was like you were walking your invisible dog. I don't remember if they sold the invisible dog leash at that stand, but I'm pretty sure it was sold at the magic shop. But fellow D-Team member Paige thinks she remembers seeing that at the stand just a few years ago. If any of you D-Heads remember this, feel free to drop me a line and I'll follow up on this with any new information. There's a cool pic on Pinterest of this fun souvenir just search Invisible Dog Leash. I'm sure I begged my parents for one of these, but this is just one of many things I'm sure I asked for. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless. Imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. Happy Halloween. Call it one and all tonight. It's hopping at the hall tonight. Dropping at the ball tonight. Disney's Halloween treat. Creatures on the Features fair and foul tonight. They'll meet you there to howl tonight at Disney's Halloween treat. Black cats and bats and ghosts make most attractive hosts. They're dying for a dance with you. So play that haunting refrain. It's time for a Disney Halloween.
Pittsburgh and their dealings with pressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that piece. All right. State your name and business. The name's Leonard. John O. You can call me Jack. On this wonderful world of Disney, it's fright time. But we just gather around and I'll elucidate on what goes on outside when it gets late. Long about midnight, the ghosts and banshees, they get together for their nightly jamboree. An all-star scare just for you. With Jonathan Winters, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Ichabod Crane, and the Headless Horseman in the legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's the Halloween Hall of Fame, coming up next. Our story begins after these important messages. Hey, this is Jeremiah Dawes, director of Missing in the Mansion and Followed from the Mansion, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Hi there, it's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. If you're planning on traveling to Disney between December 14th through the 20th, or January 5th through March 7th, look into the Play, Stay, Dine, and Save package. How much you save depends on which category of resort you choose. You could also save 30% on most Disney resorts from January 5th through March 7th, but these discounts will only be available now through December 29th, so take a look and see if it's for you on the Disney Parks website. Now, we know it's only almost Halloween, but one of the biggest highlights of the holiday season in Disney World is the Candlelight Processional, and their guest list for the celebrity narrators just keeps getting better. We couldn't wait to tell you. Jody Benson, Neil Patrick Harris, Whoopi Goldberg, Marley Matlin, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Joe Morton from Scandal, and Jonathan Groff, the voice of Kristoff from Frozen, are among the many slated to narrate the joyous Christmas tradition at Epcot. In other holiday news, Wandering Oaken's Trading Post and Frozen Snowground has found a new home on the streets of America, just a walk away from the studio catering company in Hollywood Studios, and it's staying put through the holidays. Stop by for some frozen cupcakes, exclusive frozen merchandise, or to cool off by playing in the snow. If you look closely, you might even catch a sighting of the Northern Lights. And if, you e- if you've ever been intrigued by the glow with the show technology, we've got good news. A few new items of the same technology will be available late this fall under a new name, Made with Magic. The new items include a Minnie Mouse ear headband, Mickey Mouse glove, and my favorite, a Sorcerer Mickey wand. Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget, you can fly. Brom knew there was no more firm believer in spooks and goblins than superstitious Ichabod Crane. <laughs> now gather round while I elucidate on what happens outside when it gets late. Along about midnight, the ghosts and banshees get together for their nightly jamborees. There's ghosts with horns and saucer eyes, and some with fangs about this size. Some short and fat, some tall and thin, and some don't even bother to wear their skin. I'm telling you, brother, it's a frightful sight to see what goes on in the night. (laughs) 
when the smokes have a midnight jamboree They break it up with fiendish glee Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman He's the worst when he goes a-jogging across the land Holding his noggin in his hand Demons take one look and groan and hit the road for parts unknown There's no rat like a spook that's burned They don't like him and he's really burned Swears through the longest day he's dead He'll show them that he can get ahead Oh, close all the windows and lock the doors Unless you're careful, he'll get yours Don't think he'll hesitate a bit Cause he'll flip your top if it'll fit And he likes them little, likes them big Park in the middle or a wig Black or white or even red The headless horseman needs a head With a hip, hip and clippity-clop He's out looking for a head to chop So don't stop to figure out a plan You can't reason with a headless man. There's one time of the year that's like a bad dream, but relax. It's no nightmare. It's just... Hello. Don't lose your head this Halloween. Yes! Because we've got a monster mix of movies that'll make you shake with fear in the creepiest month of the year. We're talking about three ancient hags versus the 20th century. How bad can it be? You! What's the problem, little dude? He thinks his mom is a monster. Cool. So is mine. Don't you ever worry that you're just not cut out to be a witch? Who's your friend? We found him in a graveyard. This was... The yellow brick road. Dorothy! What would you say if I told you I was a witch? I'm not coming back ever. Come! I'll show you the world! Nice effect. It's the craziest month you've ever seen, because weird stuff happens this Halloween. All month long on the Disney Channel. Hi again, D-Heads, and happy Halloween to you all. Welcome to another installment of This Week in Disney History. I am Nathan, and I'm ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. Sometimes when I start my research looking into the past of a Disney company, I get blown away at how early in history the company's roots and connections actually begin. Now branching off of that, starting out this week in Disney history, we start in a shocking 1880 with Scotty Matra, the voice of Bashful in Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, is born in Evans Mills, New York. Also. A little tidbit about Matra, he was also the town crier in Laurel and Hardy's classic 1934 Babes in Toyland. Next on our list, we start in, er, we go to 1901, when Academy Award-winning composer, songwriter, Disney legend, and Disney music supervisor Frank Churchill is born in Rumford, Maine. In 1908, Imagineer and mechanical engineer Roger E. Brogy is born in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. In 1911, graphic designer and illustrator Mary Blair is born Mary Brown Robinson in McAllister, Oklahoma. In 1922, actor John Anderson, the voice of Mark Twain and Franklin Delano Roosevelt for Epcot's American Adventure attraction, is born in Clayton, Illinois. In 1935, actor Jerry Orbach, the voice of Lumiere in Disney's Beauty and the Beast, is born in the Bronx, New York. He also voiced the candlestick for Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, and Belle's Magical World. Orbach supplied the voice of Saluk in 1995's Aladdin and the King of Thieves, and also appeared on Touchstone sitcoms 
such as Empty Nest and The Golden Girls. Also Orbach was a Tony Award-winning actor, and he was best known for his starring role as Detective Lenny Briscoe in Law & Order, the television series, as well as the father in 1987's feature film Dirty Dancing. In 1942, actress, singer, and, and original masketeer Annette Funicello is born in Utica, New York. In 1954, Walt Disney appears on the cover of this week's TV Guide, and he is pictured in a cartoon TV set surrounded by Mickey, Goofy, Bashful, Donald, and Pluto. The issue includes the article, Why Disney Changes Mind About TV. In 1965, Walt Disney receives the final script for Disneyland's latest project, The Pirates of the Caribbean Attraction. In 1989, at Epcot, Body Wars, the per park's first thrill ride, begins sending guests through the human bloodstream at a brand new Wonders of Life pavilion. In 1996, the Walt Disney World Resort and ABC presented ABC Super Soap Weekend, which included a stellar lineup of 27, sorry, 25 ABC soap opera celebrities, such as Susan Lucci from All My Children, and they teamed up for a two-day event at Disney MGM Studios. In 1997, we got a few facts this week, with Disney Channel debuting a new episode of Muppets Tonight, a guest starred comedian Don Rickles and hip-hop artist Julio. Ed McMahon, Bernard Shaw, and Red Fred Willard also made cameo appearances as well. Also in 1997, The Wonderful World of Disney aired Sabrina the Teenage Witch the Movie on ABC TV, starring Melissa Joan Hart as Sabrina. And also in 1997, the Disney Channel debuted Bear in the Big Blue House, which was a new series produced by the Jim Henson Company. In 1998, Disney's The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, had its world premiere at the Wadsworth Theater in Los Angeles. This was a sequel to the 94 film The Lion King, and actually was a direct-to-video release. In the year 2000, 30 lucky... 30 Lucky Haunted Mansion fans dined in the popular Disneyland attraction as part of a $2,000 a plate fantasy dinner offered by the park. In 2002, Disney's Buena Vista Entertainment invited hockey players, and their ages ranged from 18 to 24 to audition for their upcoming film, Miracle, about the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team at the Disney Studios in Burbank, California. In 2003, Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean the Curse of the Black Pearl is chosen as the movie of the year at the closing night of the 7th Annual Hollywood International Film Festival in Beverly Hills, California. Also in 2003, 144 PGA Tour professionals and 144 amateurs took to the fairways at Disney's Palm and Magnolia Golf Courses for a 7-day Fanai Classic at Walt Disney World Resort. In 2006, the Disney Channel original movie, Return to Halloween Town, premiered. This was the fourth and final film in the Halloween Town series, and it starred Sarah Paxson and Joey Zimmerman as siblings who attended Witch University. In 2007, Walt Disney World Resort unveiled the new official logo for the Disney Hollywood Studios, currently known as the Disney MGM Studios. The theme park scheduled to officially change its name on January 7, 2008. In 2010, at Disney's Hollywood Studios, Disney Channel Rocks, a live show based on music from the Disney Channel hit shows, debuted. This took place in front of the Sorcerer's Hat. The show featured music from High School Musical, Camp Rock, Cheetah Girls, Starstruck, and Jump In. In 2011, Disney Theatrical Productions announced it had commissioned its first Broadway show, a prequel to Peter Pan called Peter and the Starcatcher. This is based on Dave Barry and Ridley Pearson's novel of the same name, and it is expected to open in spring 2012 at a Broadway theater. 
Also, speaking of Ridley Pearson, if you haven't read any of his amazing Kingdom Keeper books, you should really look into that, because they're a thrill. Also in 2011, Google celebrates the 100th birthday of Mary Blair with a doodle honoring the late Disney artist. Google's doodle for the day included an image of the illustrator as she would have drawn herself, surrounded by the simplistic patterns and shapes that made up her familiar cartoon worlds. And closing out this week in Disney history, we have, in 2013, Saving Mr. Banks held its world premiere at the London Film Festival. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something maybe you knew that you didn't know. Have a great week, and see you real soon. Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor Right through the door and all around the wall A splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob. Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob. Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor, right through the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a blotch, be careful of the blob. Beware of the blob, it Be sure to grab your death certificate. Watch out for hitchhiking ghosts. Stand clear of elevator shafts. And look over your shoulder for those Disney villains. Because this is the annual Not-So-Scary Halloween Celebration on Disney On Demand. There isn't a boy who won't enjoy a working for Captain Hook.
truck is after, Captain. A special offer for today, I'll tell you what I'll do. All those who sign without delay will get a free tattoo. Why, it's like money in the bank. Come on, join up and I'll be frank. Unless you do, you'll walk the plank. The choice is up to you. The choice is up to you. Yo ho, yo ho, yo ho, yo ho, yo ho. You'll love the life of the sea. You'll relish the life of the fruit. There's barrels of fun for everyone, and you get treasures by the ton. So come and sign the book. Join up with Captain Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand, bringing you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. Many of those are the voices behind the magic, the people that bring all those characters to life. And one of those is a returning guest here to the show, somebody who you may know from a variety of different things, from playing three major villains on Star Wars The Clone Wars. You also know him as the villainous Captain Hook and many other things. We have the talented, the man of a thousand voices, Corey Burton here with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. <laughs> well, thank you. Hello again. <laughs> it is our pleasure having you on. I mean, somebody of your resume. I mean, so many different voices and characters and so many different things to touch base upon. But for any of our new listeners here at the show, something we always love to tackle on is what got you started in voice acting? Oh, well, the, the thing that really triggered me, I'm, I'd always been interested in voices and mimicry, um, but what sparked my, my fervor <laughs> to become a voice actor was walking into the new haunted mansion at Disneyland when I was just a kid. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I heard that ghost host voice and I had heard that voice before in the uh, Adventure Through Inner Space attraction and all over television and in various character roles and I thought this this is just a magic thing and 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 I want to meet these people and I want to do this for a living and uh, so I set out on a quest to find out first of all who that was <laughs> which was Paul Freeze, and um, then I uh, proceeded to sort of bit by bit find my way into show business. Well, you know, and that's the kind of thing, too, like you said, it's uh, you hear these voices, and they're magical, and Paul Freeze, I mean, no stranger to anyone from the Haunted Mansion, as well as many Rankin and Bass classics, and so many different things, um, you know, he just had that voice. Now, with the mansion, and working your way through into voice acting yourself, um, you also have a history with possibly voicing the mansion at one point as well, correct? Well, yeah, it was... Uh... The uh, the tribute I like to call it the the holiday uh, haunted mansion holidays nightmare before Christmas and uh, and of course I hold Paul Frey's ghost host narration as you know untouchable and sacrosanct 
but uh, they had this idea, and they wanted me to come in and, and do a little demo. Oh, oh, oh all right. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, there was uh, Bruce Healy and uh, wonderful, wonderful staff, uh, writers, and and uh, great recording engineer Randy Coppinger. And uh, we had the old ribbon microphone from Disney Studios, <laughs> uh, which is the type of microphone they used for all of those attractions and all the Disney voice recordings from the 50s through the 70s. Uh, and uh, we started to go on it, and and it it was coming out better than we thought and uh, and Bruce Healy said uh, well let, let, let's let's just record this whole thing it was supposed to be just a paragraph or two and uh the and so we ended up doing a series of takes uh uh for the entire attraction and uh um uh, i uh, i was just amazed that it all worked so well put together but uh, it was in, intended to be a, a, a demo recording <laughs> need to do, do it because uh, i was so intimidated at the thought of uh, trying to replicate especially that characterization from paul freeze uh and uh, you know, as I tell people, if you listen side by side, it's not an exact replica of his voice. But uh, together with the music writing, the 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 sonic engineering, it creates a pretty good illusion of uh, of the original ghost host. And you know, after all, it is a tribute. A light-hearted tribute to a light-hearted, spooky <laughs> attraction. <laughs> well, you know, and it's the kind of attraction, too, that has gone down in Disney history. I mean, who doesn't love the Haunted Mansion? And Haunted Mansion Holiday is fantastic. And I guess with keeping with things spooky and kind of villainous and fun, um, the last time we spoke, you were just beginning work on Jake and the Neverland Pirates and uh, Tackle playing Captain Hook. And... You know, Jake is, is highly different because, you know, I have two boys, um, you know, two girls, and they all love Jake. And, you know, Captain Hook on Jake is a lot more lighthearted than Captain Hook on um, Return to Neverland, where he is the villainous, uh, darker Captain Hook. I guess, uh, what is it like playing these different sides of Captain Hook? Well, uh, originally it was a real dilemma. We didn't quite know what to do. In fact, uh, the... the early demo stages for the series we were experimenting with you know taking down the uh the the tone and texture of the character to to not sound intimidating uh, a little closer to uh, uh my own voice perhaps uh losing the the affectation of dialect that uh, the original Hans Conried <laughs> uh, spoke with not just as Captain Hook, but all the time. He had that, that Shakespearean affectation. 
not quite English, but uh, something just theatrical. Um, and uh, and we were a little timid starting. I mean, eventually we ended up with a very mild rendition of the Hans Conrad Captain Hook, keeping out the coarse textures and and trying not to trying not to uh, communicate anger or or be a bully. But as the episodes went along, a couple of episodes in, we started to find a place that was that was pleasantly silly that maintained most of the original character. And then it kind of occurred to all of us at once with Captain Hook and Mr. Smee, they're really a vaudeville team. Um, I don't know if any of the kids out there know what vaudeville was, but, you know, those uh, from the 1930s uh, era, uh, the vaudeville ended up being radio variety and, and comedy. Um, so there's a style of performance that's very kind of... Uh, Slapsticky, I guess you would say, and uh, and I thought of all the great slapstick radio characterizations. Now, Hans Conried had also done very funny characterizations on comedy shows in radio, and I thought, well, what if what if Hans Conried was doing Captain Hook for a a family oriented radio show? What would that sound like? And I borrowed from, you know, the great Gildersleeve and the, oh, I'm trying to remember some of the, you know, Fibber McGee and Molly, <laughs> the Jack Benny show and, and all of that. And, and, and Jeff Bennett uh, also picked up on that with Mr. Smee. Same thing with Bill Thompson, the original voice of Mr. Smee. So we became this new radio vaudeville comedy team and and with that framework uh and plus all of the crazy antics on screen we're able to play captain hook just as mean if not more outrageously <laughs> sinister uh <laughs> than than the movie version it's just it's just all in this ridiculous uh, comedic slapstick style, you know, like uh, if the character was to say, uh, "Oh no, would you look at that?" You know, "Oh no, would you look at that?" <laughs> hey, an old radio, they would have said, "Oh no, would you look at that?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, so uh, playing Captain Hook in that framework uh, is just so easy. Of course, I'm really well steeped in old radio, and I worked with uh, most of the old Hollywood radio actor community uh, when I was just getting into the business. Because uh, they there weren't any young trained radio actors uh, at the time, so they found me and and a few of my 
Dawes Butler workshop friends uh, to fill in the young roles in this resurgence of, of uh, radio drama and comedy in the late 70s, early 80s. Well, definitely, you know, and, and old-time radio, too, like you said. I mean, it is something that is a lost art. I mean, the great Gildersleeve, fantastic, great shows. I mean, they, even even when you had, uh, you know, when they went on and you had Willer Waterman and, uh, you know, even when they changed characters, it was just fantastic show. And then you have Fibber McGee and Molly and the Jack Benny show. Um, I mean, there's so many that could go on and on. It is, I, the character is all is in the writing. And that was great writing. And we're so lucky on Jake and the Neverland Pirates to have, you know, old veteran <laughs> pro <laughs> uh, animation writer Mark Seidenberg. And, uh, and you know, we're all so familiar with the old radio shows that they just, the, the character is right there on the page. And, and all we have to do, Jeff and I, is we, we just unlock, we just grab that key and unlock the the funny <laughs> and we just go we just and we we so entertain each other we almost ruin takes by laughing because uh, you can't go too far that's the real fun of of these jake sessions <laughs> sometimes i'll just do the most absurd things vocally <laughs> after the take i said was that too much <laughs> of course, Kelly, the director, always says, "No, it's never too much." <laughs> and I hear Mark and the the the, the writers uh, <laughs> laughing in the background, like, "Okay." And uh, of course, they do a wonderful job with the animation too. Not my field of expertise. I'm artistically, or uh, 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 what would you call it? Uh, I'm challenged when it comes to drawing and painting. <laughs> <laughs> well, did it catch you off guard too with Jake and Neverland Pirates? I guess how popular that the show ended up becoming. I mean, it is fantastic writing. It's great for kids. I mean, my children love it. I mean, it is wildly popular. I guess uh, did it catch you off guard at how much people really did flock to this classic, iconic character and this new bunch of uh, ragtag kids? Well, I was surprised. I I'm, I expected it would do well. Anyway, just because, you know, it is a classic character and it's, uh, you know, quote-unquote babysitter television uh, as far as its positioning uh, in, the, in the lineup and, and on the Disney Junior channel. But what did surprise me was how funny we've been able to make these shows and how entertaining they are how well it all works i mean uh, uh i don't i don't just pl i don't just record and watch the shows to see how i did and if i need to improve anything i watch them because they're funny i and <laughs> I, I i like the shows i get a lot of laughs from it Definitely. You know, and it is, you know, it is, like you said, it's babysitter television. It's one of those things that it's educational. It's fun. Now, I guess with playing hook on something like Jake, as opposed to, you know, going to the, the darker side and the more fun side and, you know, playing hook in, you know, uh, return to Neverland and, you know, really taking over the reins for Hans, you know, it's just, uh, you know, 
taking over that villainous role, I guess, how if different is it when you tackle it, say, for doing voiceover work for the theme parks or things like that as well, where it truly is the iconic classic hook as opposed to the hook we see in Jake? Uh, I, well, that used to be the only uh, Captain Hook assignments were, were to replicate what Hans did in the in the original films, the film. <laughs> but uh, but since doing Jake for for these past few years, uh, it's actually it, it it kind of feels like uh oh. You know the 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 teacher <laughs> the teacher is in the classroom. I I better straighten up and do it right now. <laughs> I have to, have to remember um, all of the the nuances and and the 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 fully um, villainous attitude uh, of the original film and stay true to that. Uh, <laughs> so uh yeah sometimes i have to smack myself and, and oh that's right that was a little too silly that was that was neverland pirates captain hook <laughs> yes we must tiger lily you know get back into the more um, scheming uh uh really <laughs> A very, a very unpleasant person. <laughs> well, and and I guess with st- speaking with uh, you know sticking with uh, villainous and uh, kind of a darker and uh, mean kind of person, you know, you had the pleasure of playing you know many different villains. Of course, Cad Bane on Star Wars: The Clone Wars, which highly popular. Everybody loves Star Wars. The Clone Wars was so successful. Everybody's gearing up for Rebels coming out. I guess, you know, with working on Star Wars The Clone Wars, um, you know, how is it being part of this franchise? And of course, you also go all the way back to 1979 and portraying a a voice version of uh, Luke as well, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. My my roots with Star Wars go way, way back to uh, Empire Strikes Back. Where I did a little, uh, a little uh, dubbing, a little ADR or looping, um, <laughs> just ended up with one line, uh, one line replacement uh, uh, <laughs> in in Empire Strikes Back, and at that time, um, I. Uh, you know, we were just standing around waiting to be called in by uh, Irv Krishner. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and there was Mark Hamill himself, who was, uh, you know, I mean, such an icon to me. And, of course, if you've spoken with Mark, if you know him at all, he's just the most down-to-earth, terrific guy. And uh, And at that time, that was, you know the uh, the storyteller little lp w- had been out and uh and my friend uh, tony pope was with me who had worked on it as well and uh said oh he did uh, your voice for the disney storyteller record and mark was uh, uh uh really excited to hear that and uh <laughs> And said, you know, I would like to do that kind of work too, but my agent won't let me. He wants me to only do on-camera stuff. Uh, 
<laughs> and of course, he pursued that uh, craft and became one of the preeminent voice actors of our era now. Uh, but uh, but yeah, we had done. Uh, I'd worked on a whole ton of Disney storyteller records before that little golden book and records. That was uh, kind of how I started in the business. Uh, being a mimic, you know, uh, like, oh, we need to rephrase certain key lines from from the movies. Can you sound like, you know, whatever character from whatever movie the, the storyteller was about? Uh, uh, I guess the little golden books were just cartoonish characters. But... Uh, but yeah, it's uh, um, it was many years of uh, of film uh, stories <laughs> that we recorded. Uh, we just had our little group of uh, <laughs> of imitators <laughs> that would uh, be uh, uh, selected to to do a uh, a radio play version heavy on the narration of course for the the storyteller little lps um and uh and yeah so uh since then i mean it was many many years before uh there was another demand for uh, a star wars character voice match but I discovered a long time ago that I, I could sort of sound like Christopher Lee. Um, and uh, I wound up doing Count Dooku for uh, Clone Wars uh, ancillary market stuff, you know, video games and online things, uh, toys. <laughs> and that got me into that universe and uh with the clone wars series uh it was a golden opportunity to create my own voice characterizations and cad bane has got to be my favorite of all time uh it was came off of uh of george lucas's suggestion that he sound a little like peter laurie but they also wanted him to sound like he was a character from the Old West. So I thought, how would Peter Lorre sound in a, like a high noon kind of Western? You know, as a, as a tough gunslinger, but coming from, from Europe like that. So he would have the local, local colloquialisms combined with that strange Swiss Central European accent. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the visual on that character is so fabulous. I I loved every minute of it. I uh I was uh not very pleased <laughs> that they uh that they cut us short. Uh there there are still still great sessions in the can that 
uh, maybe one day they'll be animated. I hope so. Well, you know, and that's the kind of thing, too, like you said. I mean, with Cad Bane and Count Dooku and Star Wars The Clone Wars was so fantastic and, you know, largely popular. I mean, it was a fantastic series. Great storytelling. You know, parents and children could sit down alike and watch it. And like you said, you know, you had this uncanny knack of sounding like, uh, you know, Christopher Lee. And, you know, uh, with Christopher Lee, I, I right away I think Dracula. And, you know, you also played a Dracula in Ultimate Spider-Man. So, uh, you know, it's just... Constantly, uh, it seems like you're falling in line there as, uh, you know, uh, in these great shoes and making these notches in your own history. Well, I love the villains. I mean, the, 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 vocal, uh, the vocal shifts are easy for me. I, I, I was once voice printed and, uh, at, at UCLA. Uh, I won't get into that story. It's a little long. Um, but... Uh, but the uh, the uh, professor uh, or vocal analyst there uh, was surprised when he saw my voice print, and he said, "You know, you have five individual voice prints. <laughs> really? Because my own voice is kind of bland. But within that, uh, there are all these odd." resonances. So if I shift my placement, uh, as Dawes Butler taught us, uh, um, you know, where you, where you shift the focus of where the voice comes from, from down in the chest or back of the throat, that's where the Christopher Lee thing comes from, to, to, uh, front of the throat, to, you know, up in the adenoids and, and, and in the nose, and, and then all the way up into the the sinuses, you know, uh, they sound like different people. <laughs> and my own voice disappears, uh, by and large. Uh, so it, it makes it a lot easier for me to play two different characters or three or whatever in the same scene without it being spotted as, oh, that's the same guy. <laughs> uh but basically, you don't have to have that sort of freakish uh, <laughs> uh, voice configuration to be good at playing different characters. It's all acting. And, you know, uh, there are... Well, the the classic example is Peter Sellers, who could play a thousand different characters and he never changed his voice he just changed character and he did it so brilliantly that you heard different human beings speaking to each other and yet he didn't do anything with his vocal placement or you know he changed the accent he changed the delivery but mainly it was the soul of of each individual character that 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 made it distinctive um uh, i'm I'm truly in awe of of people that can play a huge range of characters without without using the the the, the tricks of the trade and changing vocal placements um well in clone wars and as a matter of fact my my hat's off to uh, Dean Bradley Baker who has to do exactly the same voice for all the clones. And yet they all have distinct personalities. 
and you can tell them apart <laughs> just <laughs> by personality. And that that's like, I don't know how he does that. <laughs> I was going to say, when it comes to characters, like you said, and, you know, playing such a wide variety of characters, and, you know, you've played so many different characters from Atlantis, The Lost Empire, to Ludwig von Drake on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, and so many different things, Captain Hook and Cad Bane. I guess when it comes to your character... Um, you know, one thing is animation really does affect people. Um, I guess, has it ever, has anything ever come across to you or any stories or any moments where it really took you back for a moment and you realized just how powerful some of these characters are and how they're affecting, you know, certain people in certain points in their life? Oh, well, you know, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this for a living, that cartoon characters especially are so meaningful to people because when we're growing up, well, I also, I mean, I feel that that created characters are just as real as real people who you've never physically met in person, who you know from films and television and radio and, and whatever, just because you haven't met these people um, you know, they're, they're still real entities, and a, a solidly created and written character is actually real. Uh, in the same in the same sense, within our our sense memory, I guess. Um, and uh, what was I going to say? Something uh, about uh about how the characters affect uh, uh, oh oh yeah well as as I realized even as a teenager in high school uh, myself and, and a pal we did uh, commercials for for the school PA system you know join a club uh Glee Club, uh, sign up for an activity card, etc. And we did all these character voices. And I'm a little wimpy, nerdy guy. <laughs> and I remember there was a tough kid in PE class who uh, I was terrified of. Seemed like a real bully. And he, one day he spotted me <laughs> on the playground there and and started approaching me and I thought, oh no, he's going to beat me up for being too nerdy. And he said, you! And he like, reached to like, I don't know if he grabbed me by the by the t-shirt collar or whatever. He said, do Bullwinkle! <laughs> oh! Hello there! You know, I did a little Bullwinkle for him and he said, <laughs> this dude's funny! And he called over all of his tough friends, and I, you know, did a bunch of different cartoon character voices, and they all just became, you know, puppy dogs, these, these tough guys. And I thought, wow, these animated characters really touch people's hearts and, and strip away, uh, all of the all of the ugliness of the world, the stresses and tensions and 
It's a very pure kind of of uh, relating to a, a wonderful fantasy world of adventure and and romance and action and and sadness and and of course comedy uh and it's really important to people and you know i i i live my life in service to these great characters that that mean so much to well myself as well as everyone else um but, but uh but it's the characters it's all about the characters he was oh you're a star no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not famous. My characters, the characters are the stars. And uh, I couldn't be happier. I don't I don't much go in for public attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with all the projects and everything that you've worked on, too, you know, some of those are also going to be near and dear to your heart. Now, you know, of course, every project has its own little side things or something that is going to be true to you. But... Is there any one project that you worked on that was just, it's one of those that you're going to, you know, if you're ever writing Corey's memoirs somewhere down the line, it's the one that stuck with you the most? Oh, wow. I mean, it's it's almost like, it's, I think Jeff Bennett was saying it, another voice actor, saying it's like, I've lived so many lifetimes already, there are so many. Um, I mean, one of the, one of the biggies for me, I mean, I'm not a, a featured voice in it, but I got to work on E.T. and be a part of that movie. And just being a part of that movie, background voices, uh, it was such a huge deal to me. As far as Disney feature animation, I mean, Aladdin, Aladdin still, I think, packs the most entertainment Per per frame <laughs> of, of of film uh, of any movie ever made, it's just it's just deliriously entertaining from start to finish. And I got to you know got to do the camel and I uh, Prince Ahmed and uh, uh, you know uh, <laughs> a, 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 a sales salesman in the marketplace. And, uh, um, oh boy, <laughs> what, what are the other bits I did in Aladdin? And, yeah, and, and all the other great features of that era. And of course, Atlantis, uh, which, uh, had very unfortunate circumstances, uh, in, in when it was produced and released that it, it it never quite broke through the uh, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that barrier between mega hit and oh yeah that movie that was good <laughs> right and well and Atlantis was a fantastic film I mean we even just spoke with uh, Claudia Christian not too long ago who. You know, she had rave reviews for that film, and, you know, we believe it, too. It's just one of those films that was brilliantly made, wonderfully animated, and was almost ahead of its time in terms of storytelling for animation. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, 
you know, if you if you watch it again, uh, you, it, it's it's a much better film than than you think. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was uh, you know, I finally made it into the 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 lead cast <laughs> as uh, Moliere, which surprised me all the way until it was released. Uh, as uh, you know, normally. Uh, in in that in that great era of Disney feature animation, um, I got to work on ideas, voice ideas, and help out with the casting on on so many of them, most of them, uh, and would usually end up with a couple of bit parts making it to the finished film. But that one surprised me that I wound up. You know, being the 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 actually cast <laughs> in such a good role. Uh. <laughs> well, with all the different roles too that you've played, and like you said, there's so many different things. You know, many lifetimes. Um, you know, it's funny because you know we go out there and we talk with all of our listeners, and there's always so many different things where you never know what's going to affect someone, and even things like you know you were the magic mirror in Disney sing along songs, the Happy Hauntings Halloween sing along DVD, and even even something as you know like that. You know, it's the kind of thing where our listeners were asking them, hey, you know what what really affected your life, and it's they looped that DVD, and that really brought Halloween full circle to them and i guess you know things like that now um you know playing those kind of bits are those just really fun things that you just look back and you're like oh that was that was a good time doing that one oh sure sure yeah and uh, and there are a lot of times you, you know you uh, you you do the job and you forget about it and years later you know somebody says oh my god you did this you know this role that changed my whole life Really? I, did I do that? <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, but if the production is good and the character is good, um, you know, that uh, it, it makes sense. <laughs> well, you know, and like you know, we know you're really busy. So many different things with your body of work. We could go on and on, but I guess uh, you know, uh, looking forward into the future, there's so many things that have been you know kind of tentatively announced, like Chippendale Rescue Rangers and many other things. Is there anything on the horizon that you're allowed to kind of hint at, or are we just gonna have to keep our uh, you know eyes and ears open? Yeah, um, I can't think of anything in particular uh, on the big screen uh, or or on television or internet that's upcoming that I'm working on that I'm free to divulge um, <laughs> uh, uh, there, I mean, there have been a lot of a lot of false starts, but you know that's show business. Uh, so many projects with with fantastic promise, and then management changes or something, and the project gets put on the shelf, <laughs> or uh, or or they change direction, and uh, and uh, end up. You know, as they say, 
going a different way with the casting. Um, but, uh, of course, a lot of my time is taken up with uh, promo and, and commercial voiceover work, too, which I, I do mainly from home. Uh, the movie trailer business especially is all last second. There's nothing planned. <laughs> I'll, I'll get a, I'll get urgent calls, emails, uh, i messages. Uh, can you sound like uh, Sean Penn in ten minutes? I, 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 I don't know. Send me the sample, <laughs> or or it's a, or, or it's a narration. Uh, I've done very well with my my deadpan, quiet. Uh, uh, mysterious uh, style of voiceover where, uh, well, this past season uh, I was the voice of Fargo <laughs> on FX. <laughs> Fantastic series. Oh, yeah. I was so proud to be selected to, to be the <laughs> the odd voice for that truly <laughs> fabulous show. Um, and you know, and I do, uh, I, I do a lot of the uh, Robert Rodriguez films, uh, uh, promos and and uh, movie trailers. It's uh, it's that artificial voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's that that B movie well, trailer voice from the seventies uh, that Robert just loves the, the for the <clears throat> excuse me the the grindhouse style. Films, Machete Kills, <laughs> <laughs> Machete Kills, Planet Terror. You know, there's the uh, definitely that uh, that wonderful gritty 1970s esque kind of sound. Yeah, but of course, aside from the great character voice people, I grew up idolizing the great announcers and especially the Disney announcers. Um, Dick Tufeld was the voice of Disney. Motion Pictures. Disney Motion Pictures! From Walt Disney Productions! You know, yeah, ah, what a fantastic sound. And and then there was the television announcer who was named Dick Wesson. It was also that marvelous, cheerful, crisp style. Uh, and, you know, and I, I do announcing for the Disney theme parks and uh, I'm just, uh, like I said, a short, short order chef of voices. In uh, in the old days, they called people like us voicemen. <laughs> I'm a voiceman. You know, <laughs> what kind of voice? <laughs> but it's more than that. It's voice acting. But then it is announcing, and it's what they used to call trick voices, which is you know, the very strange, you know, affected uh, special effects voices. Again, D. D. Baker is fantastic at that. Uh, Frank Welker uh, uh, is legendary. Um, I'm okay at those trick voices, but, but my hat's off to those guys. <laughs> well, you know, I guess with looking back at everything, you know, we like I said, we could talk for hours with your career, so extensive and. 
uh, you know, we appreciate you stopping back and visiting us again, you know, being one of our first, upon the first guests here on the show when we first started this broadcast. I guess with that said, for all the fans of uh, Corey Burton out there, people that love your work, um, watching, you know, any of the voices you've done that it's affected, is there any final lasting words you'd like to leave out there for all your fans tuning in? Hey, uh, <laughs> well, what I what I often simply say is thanks for listening. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, thanks for taking the time to you know recognize uh, that there's a person um, doing a job and hopefully doing it well behind uh, the character voices. And uh, and I'm just so happy that I've been able to be a part of characters that are so well loved and enjoyed. And uh, and you know my the character voices can make make people laugh and cry and think so much more than I could as my own bland. San Fernando Valley kid self. <laughs> well, you know, it was our pleasure having you stop back in, and, you know, hopefully in the future we'll be able to touch base again and have you stop in again, and, uh, you know, good luck on everything in the future, and we're going to keep our eyes and ears open. Well, anytime. Always a pleasure. I hope I didn't ramble too much and uh, and said things that were coherent. <laughs> I just tend to babble on and on and on, because just so much fun, so many memories. And I've been so, so lucky to be working now. Uh, it's been 40 years as as an all-purpose utility voice in Hollywood. And <laughs> just so, so lucky that I get to be a part of great entertainment. Cheers, witches, 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 witches
fun. For you? What about us? <laughs> now hurry along. As they say, look alive. This is one holiday you will want to survive. <laughs> Jack Skellington came here from Halloween Town. You'll notice his handiwork scattered around. This year, he's decided to play Sandy Claus. But when Halloween creates Christmas, you might see a few flaws. Kitties, it's me, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Heads, Paige here with an all-new Magical Music Review. This week, Jonathan has Corey Burton on the show. Mr. Burton has a long list of Disney credits, from Atlantis the Lost Empire, to Hercules the Animated Series, to replacing the late Paul Frees in his roles. But what he's probably most known for is being the current voice of Captain Hook. Hook, along with Jafar, Ursula, Corella, and the rest of the Disney villain crew, staged a bit of a Halloween trick on Mickey and the Gang in 2002, when they took over the House of Mouse in Mickey's House of Villains. This film has become a family favorite in my house. Anyone familiar with the House of Mouse knows that the house showed cartoons for the Disney characters' entertainment, usually just showing the cartoons that were part of Mickey Mouse works. But for the special occasion of the holiday, Mickey rolls out some of the classic Halloween cartoons as well. The song for the villains was written by Randy Peterson. So with all that said, let's head down to downtown Toontown to visit Mickey's House of Villains. One of the classic cartoons Mickey chose to entertain his guests with is a Donald Duck cartoon from 1952, Trick or Treat. The premise is that Huey, Dewey, and Louie are out trick-or-treating, and when Uncle Donald plays a mean trick on the boys, Witch Hazel decides to treat the boys to a trick on their uncle. Veteran Disney composer Paul J. Smith wrote the music for this cartoon, including the title song, Trick or Treat. The song is sung by the Mellow Men, who also voiced the card painters in Alice in Wonderland, the Honeypot Quartet in The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and the Dogs in the Pound from Lady and the Tramp. The song is short, but fun. It utilizes a few clarinets, trumpets with mutes, a little guitar, piano, and flute. It has a light, simple melody that presents an excited mood. It is a classic example of a fun Halloween tune. Enjoy! Trick or treat, trick or treat, trick or treat for Halloween. When the pumpkin shells cast evil spells, your little white house turns green. Your little white house turns green. Your little white house. Turns green. Every ghost is a ghost. If you got a witch's broom, 
And if you want your date to circulate, oh, oh, we can do that too. Trick or treat, trick or treat, trick or treat, trick or treat, trick or treat for Halloween. When ghosts and goblins by the store ring the bell on your front door, you better not be stingy or your nightmares will come true. As previously stated, the House of Mouse staff utilized cartoons from Mickey Mouse Works to entertain the guests. It's a holiday, so why not show a cartoon featuring our star couple Mickey and Minnie? But what's special about that, you say? Let's stick them into a classic fairy tale for a different spin to the story. Hansel and Gretel is a cartoon that Jafar chooses to show the villains after he takes over the house. Of course, they'd like to see Mickey and Minnie in a sticky spot. What's special about the cartoon is that it's entirely instrumental. The music for this was composed by Stephen James Taylor. He uses violins, a beautiful solo flute, what sounds to me like an oboe, high and low brass, and percussion among others. The whole piece depicts the story on screen. The emotions of Mickey, Minnie, and the Witch, as well as just adding to the images, can be felt. The beginning starts with a soft, more legato feeling of some adventure beginning to happen, and as the story goes on, the sound intensifies to bring in the urgency of Mickey and Minnie's attempts to escape. Take a listen and just imagine the story unfolding.
my favorite song for this film. To this point, we've heard music that was previously written back in the 50s and 90s. Time to hear the song that Randy Peterson wrote specifically for everyone's favorite villains, It's Our House Now. Remember when I said Jafar and the others took over the House of Mouse? Well, why not do it with a little style and sing about it at the same time? Mr. Peterson utilizes violins, mallets, woodwinds, percussion, synthesizers, high and low brass, and electric guitar to accompany the villains. The main singers are Jafar, Cruella DeVille, Ursula, and Captain Hook, but they are also joined by other well-known Disney villains, such as Hades, the Grim Grinning Ghosts, Cy and Am, Maleficent, the Queen of Hearts, and Ka. And believe me, that's not the full list. The villains were all voiced by their current or, in some cases, original talents, including Jonathan Freeman, Suzanne Blakesley, Pat Carroll, Corey Burton, and Jim Cummings. The song is exciting, has a good beat, and a fun accompaniment to back up the voices. Take a listen. Okay, everybody, now it's time for a change of pace. Right, huh? right you are, Mickey. It's Halloween, you know, and with just the right touch. This could be quite the place. Full of wholesome, faces. Hanging out, killing time. Where everyone's a friend of mine. Inside this evil joint. Every guest gets to the point. This day will live in infamy. Watch of Moses history. Forget your troubles, put your trust in me. You had your fun. You played your play. But every road has its day. Well, I don't know about you, but I think I'm going to go watch this movie. Have a great rest of your week, D-Heads. I'll be back next week with our final Halloween show for this season, looking at music suggested to me by a friend back home. Until next time, see ya! Oh, when ghosts and goblins by the score, ring your bell or pound your door. Better not be stingy or your nightmares will come true. Picture, if you will, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, but with a difference. Prepare yourself for a thrilling new climax that's faster, longer, and more terrifying than ever before. Because nothing's ever the way you expect it in the Twilight Zone.
challenge the new Tower of Terror, only at the Disney MGM Studios. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow! It's Disney On Demand. Dibs. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced. And a little disgusted. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back once again. Thank you, Paige, for stopping in once again with a magical music review. And also thank you to Corey Burton, yes, voice actor icon, for stopping in here this week, taking that time out of your schedule. I mean, we could talk about your career for hours and hours. You have played such an integral role in many of our lives. Thank you, Mr. Burton, for stopping in once again. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, that wraps up show number 88. And we have all kinds of fun as our next show is taking place on Halloween. So, before I I let you go, I do want to extend a very special thank you to all of you, the D-Heads, for stopping in and having fun with our third annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration. I'd also like to thank the D-Team of Aaron, Paige, Nathan, and Caitlin, all for stopping in here this week and sharing their signature segments with you, bringing that little bit of spooky fun for the Halloween season. I'd also like to thank our very special guest, Corey Burton, for stopping in here this week, and many other people that are connected here at the show. So before I let you go and let you know who's going to be stopping in here next week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our lifetime of Disney player, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. You can also find us on Facebook and all the social media outlets on Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. And remember, you can always subscribe to our show in Stitcher Radio and iTunes and get the latest show right there in your mobile device, your iPad, your iPod, your Android, and more and get the latest shows just by subscribing. So, all of you D-heads, as we continue on with our third annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration, it is going to culminate and come to an end on Halloween, October 31st, as we're visiting Hocus Pocus once more. Yes, in the past, we've had none other than Larry Bagby, a.k.a. Ice. He celebrated Summerween and many other goodies with us. We've had Thora Birch on from Hocus Pocus, and this week... We're going to get Mr. Ice's sidekick here. Yes, we have Tobias Jelinek stopping in here at the show. Tobias, who played Jay from Hocus Pocus, is going to be celebrating Halloween with all of you D-heads. So get ready because he has some fantastic stories from the sets of Hocus Pocus and some great insights about what's happening with the Hocus Pocus sequel. So all of you D-heads, I hope you're enjoying the Halloween season, getting ready to go trick-or-treating, get some spooks on, carving pumpkins, and having fun as we're continuing to celebrate all month long. So until next week when we celebrate the show on Halloween, remember, as we get busy, as life continues on, never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D-heads, I'll catch you online and see you everywhere else. Happy Halloween. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight when my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly, to my surprise... He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash from my laboratory in the car.
castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires feast The ghouls all came from their humble abodes To get a joke from my electrodes He did the monster mash It was a graveyard smash It caught on in a flash He did the monster mash Out from his coffin Jack's voice did ring Seems he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid, shook his fist and said, Hey, whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the Monster Mash. And it's a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon. (laughs) 